everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Draft Busters podcast, brought to you by Vendetta Sports Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Rinaldi, alongside Trey Daubert. We've got a great episode planned for you guys today, which includes an interview with UAB linebacker and one of the best pass rushers in college football, Jordan Smith. Trey, how's it going? I'm hanging in there. It's going to be a busy couple of weeks for me coming up when uh, all these kids go back to school. But other than that, uh, just enjoying the playoffs, I guess. But uh, excited for this interview, too. Should be a good one. Yeah, so we're going to have Jordan come on for the second half in about a half hour. First, me and Trey, we're going to discuss the college football playoff national championship, as well as a post I made earlier in the week about Urban Meyer being the Jaguars head coach. So, Trey, we'll kind of kick it off with you if you want to give any of your hot takes or just any take on the championship game. Yeah, I kind of wrote this in my post already, but to me, it like I, I treat the college football season as a – this is the learning experience. This is the learning process. What can I figure out? What can I see? What can I learn? In this game, it was a whole lot of, yeah, I already knew that. Devontae Smith beat up on Sean Wade. Yeah, I kind of already knew that. Najee Harris is really good. I kind of already knew that. <laughs> Mac Jones, his life's very easy. Everything's wide open. He makes all the throws. Kind of already knew that. Justin Fields didn't have the biggest game in the world, but I kind of already knew he wasn't 100% healthy. He was obviously still shaken up from, from that hit by James Skowski. And otherwise, I thought he had a pretty decent game. I don't know what I learned. What did you learn? Because I pretty much got the game I expected. I got the player performances I expected. Yeah, I agree with that, too. It sucks that we didn't get to see Trey Sermon play against, you know, the Bama front seven. I thought that would have been much better than having Master Teague. Yeah, and, but, I mean, Teague but even that kind of gives you a, a – Master Teague, I kind of already knew he wasn't very good. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like – his body type, if you just put on J.K. Dobbins' number, you would have thought, wow, Dobbins went back to school. No. Yeah. <laughs> He's not close. He, he kind of looks like him, but he doesn't move like him. Yeah, I mean, for me, the thing I I wouldn't even call it learn because I guess we already knew that throughout the season. Just Devontae Smith looks like he's a step or two ahead of everybody in the the defensive on the defensive side. But isn't that I've had a hard time with this one because I like Devontae Smith. I liked him more than Henry Ruggs a year ago, but it feels like he's an NFL guy playing in college. I don't know how much better he's going to get. When, yeah. I, when I go into a draft, I want to buy low on people. I don't want to buy high on people. Devontae Smith's going to get to the point where he's going to go ahead of Jamar Chase, and I'm not quite sure he makes it out of the top five. I want that progression with Devontae Smith or anybody that I draft. I'm not sure he gets any better. I think this might be the guy you get rookie year, second year, third year, fourth year. He would terrify me. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but the, the most concerning part to me is, Jeremy, how many 170-pound receivers are in the Hall of Fame? Exactly. That's what there's not. He looks great. He's got long arms. I can see that he's a polished route runner. He's got good speed. He's going to make me very uncomfortable to draft him where he's going to go, though. Yeah, and I mean, the talk of him, like you said, probably – or not probably, but top five is – what a lot of the talk's been. And I mean, every year it seems like at this time we're talking about receivers might be going the highest they've ever gone. But it seems like this year that talk is real because Miami 
hopefully not, but can take one at three. Cincinnati can take one at five. So, I mean, if you're going to draft Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase or whoever else, Jalen Waddell, in those top picks, I mean, you're asking for them to be the best receiver in the league, in my opinion. I If I take I Devontae Smith with a top five pick, I have to believe he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Otherwise, yeah. I can't draft him. Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris looked good again, but kind of already knew that. The, the other one that kind of – I guess this was my only real takeaway. The Ohio State tight end. I saw him getting some buzz. Why? What, what blows you away about that guy? I've seen a lot of these fourth, fifth-round Ohio State tight ends that never really do anything in the league. What's, what's with the hype around this Ruckert guy? What makes him so special? I didn't see anything. He had one catch. Like what I, I like what I see from him Big from time to time. I think he's I think he's a decent route runner, and I mean he's a pretty good blocker. He's much better than the other tight end, um, Luke Farrell. I think he's a lot better than Farrell. I don't think like in the tight end class, it's far and away Kyle Pitts at one, Fryermuth at two. Even though I, ha- I haven't watched him in a while, and then there's a couple guys around like the three to five area. Um, the guy from Miami. There's a guy from Boston College. But I think I, I would take a look at um, Jeremy Rucker in like early day three, maybe, if you need a tight end too. News Fest City. I'm trying to think of what that guy's – Nick Vanette. That's his name. That's kind of what he looks like. Who cares? Yeah. I can find Nick Vanette in every single draft. Yeah. I think he's more of an athlete, Rucker, than like some of these other tight ends though. I think he's more I athletic. Guess. But, I, I, again, to me, I didn't really learn a ton. I don't know how you evaluate Mac Jones. He's going to be the hardest guy to evaluate in the whole draft. You can clearly yeah. see he's more talented than some of the old Alabama quarterbacks. His timing, touch, and anticipation are really good. He's not a great athlete, but I don't think he's Kyle Trask bad athlete. Uh, he doesn't have the biggest arm in the world. But all these people that are criticizing Tua today <laughs> – if you like Mac Jones, they're not on the same tier. So, uh, no. yeah, I don't, I, he's going to be a tough one. Yeah, and he's, I mean, potentially going to be looked at in the first round. Do you think that that's – I'm not going to say do you think that's going to happen, but do you think that's a strong possibility that Mac Jones can go in the first? I think he's going to go in the first. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, again, the quarterback I pick in the first round, I have to be willing to give him $150 million. I can't do that. Yeah, I mean, the NFL today is all about dual threat athlete quarterbacks, and Mac Jones is not on that tier. He was a I mean, three-star like recruit. Stats. He was going to go to Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, like, he had a great game, 36 for 45 for 464, five touchdowns. But he's rarely pressured. A lot of his guys are open, like you said, so it makes his job really easy. He just has to make the throws, which – a lot of people can make the throws. And, I mean, granted, his, his accuracy is better than most. His, you know, his footwork in the pocket is better than most. But, I mean, if you give someone that much time and you give someone that great of receivers, they're going to do good things regardless. He, he's the one quarterback this year that had the Joe Burrow cut. I know it's a little crazy, but he had that type of year where he sort of came out of – I wouldn't say he came out of nowhere because he was pretty good in a couple games last year that he started. But he had a real Joe Burrow type year. He's just not nearly the same type of athlete that Burrow is. 
Yeah, and I mean, being on that that team kills him. But I mean, rightfully so. Like, in my opinion, if Kyle Trask was starting for Alabama, they would still have won. For sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, it's, it is really hard to, to judge him and to grade him. But I mean, first round, I would, I would never take him in the first round. And I mean, there are going to be teams that are probably a little desperate. The Colts, they're already, their GM's already talking about it, you know, looking into first round quarterbacks. So, I mean, they saw their play with Rivers was terrible. Roethlisberger looked terrible again. So, I mean, those are teams at the back end that might take him. And then on the other side, I agree with what you said about Justin Fields. I thought he had a pretty good game too. I mean, he was coming in banged up. And the Alabama defense played good. I mean, they only gave up 24 points, and they really took him out of the game with in the second quarter. Yeah, I think Christian I mean, Barmore had a really good game. And yeah, once he did. Again, he was getting once again, they just don't, do not throw the ball to Patrick Sertain. So, yeah. Uh, Alave pretty much was did nothing. So, that it's once again, Patrick Sertain just takes away whoever he wants to. Same old, same old. Didn't learn anything. And then the one thing I was seeing like tweets about people saying, like, oh, for next year's class, you got Mechie from Alabama. And you got Wilson from Ohio State. Wilson's Gary Wilson's just not impressing me in these past couple games, starting with that Northwestern game where he was the number one receiver and he didn't really do much. And now into this game, I'm, I mean, he went three for 50 with a touchdown. I think he dropped the touchdown pass. Gary Wilson's just really not impressing me. So hopefully next year he can step it up. I don't know if you saw anything different with him, but. Yeah, I, I kind of, I don't want to say too much because, uh, my fantasy league, we get to draft all the yeah. true f- incoming true freshmen. I just think he's a little small. He needs to he needs to gain like maybe 10, 15 pounds of muscle, and he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm just – I don't know. It's going to be tough for me to put him in like the top class of the next year's receivers. Devontae right Smith was, was sort of a, a similar – I don't want to say he'll have this type of breakout year, but Devontae Smith was – I mean, he was 150 pounds soaking wet. You could see he's so yeah. much stronger than he was as a true freshman. Yeah. And, I mean, Smith has better hands. We saw that from his freshman year. Just by – I mean, the fact that you can get onto the field as a true freshman when you're on a team coach by Nick Saban, like that that just shows that the kid's obviously really talented. And he finally kid. broke out. He's older than you, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> They all are. Yeah. Not in a couple years, but. Um, Najee Harris, too. I mean, he had seven receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. I didn't realize he had he caught seven passes. Um, and then, yeah, on the running game, I think he's the top running back in the class for me. One of the, one of the things I've gotten so frustrated with is I keep seeing these tweets about, oh, man, Najee Harris, he, he got so much better, like – He's yeah. the exact same guy he was a year ago. Like, the exact same guy he was a year ago. I don't understand how anybody could watch college football and be like, he's improved so much. Najee Harris was a fourth-round pick coming into the air. No, he wasn't. Yeah, if, if he declared last year, he would have been right around <laughs> wherever Jonathan Taylor went. Forty. The only right difference right. is right where he the, the running back class last year – Well. Yeah, this past year is significantly better than the one that yeah. will be this year. This one, that is the only yeah. difference. Yeah. 
I think that's pretty much it for um, the national championship. Like we said, not much. We didn't learn that much from this game. Um, it was cool to see Jalen Waddle get out there, even though he shouldn't have been out there, clearly. No. Um, yeah, I mean, Alabama, I'd written an article. I started writing it in the third quarter, so I didn't really pay attention most of the third quarter. I was writing um, the – it was just the best team Nick Saban's ever coached. Um, and I just really compared it to the other college football playoff national championship teams, especially cause like, I don't remember the 2019. Um, oh God. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hate doing those comparisons that the MJ versus Jordan thing. I, I couldn't care less. I just views though. I, no, yeah, but I hate you're right. To it too. You're right. Like yeah. that's why I don't, I can't watch any ESPN shows cause that's all they talk about every single <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. It's bad. So, yeah. Uh, the LSU team was pretty dangerous too. So I don't know. Yeah. That was another thing I was seeing. Like, would the LSU team beat this Alabama team? I would say yes, but just cause I think Burrow was a better quarterback. Than I'm not sure anybody beats the Miami hurricanes with Ray Lewis and all those guys. So yeah, I can't, you, I can't could, really you could do this all day, but I don't care yeah. about these arguments. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you. Yeah, you. In case you hadn't heard, your favorite renegade sports media group has its own Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash vendetta sports media to support our efforts to continuously bring you sports, gaming, and other media coverage as only we can. We've got four different membership tiers. For $3 a month, we'll give you a simple thank you on our Patreon site. For $6 a month, you get a thank you and you get to become a recruit in Jackson Law's Vendetta University Gaming Series. For $10 a month, you get everything from the previous tiers, a special thank you at the end of our videos, free access to our upcoming Discord chat, and a free koozie after four months. And then the big dog, $50 a month, gets you everything from the previous tiers, as well as opportunities for Fantasy League invites, stream gaming, possible invites to mock NFL and NBA draft sessions, a once-a-month Google Hangout, and after four months, a free t-shirt. Yeah! Go to patreon.com forward slash vendetta sports media and help us to improve our pledge to bring you the best sports, gaming, and other media coverage. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Draft Busters podcast on Vendetta Sports Media. My name is Jeremy Rinaldi, and I'm alongside Trey Daubert. And today we have special guest Jordan Smith, linebacker from UAB. Jordan, how's it going? It's going good, man. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. No problem. I'll start because one of the biggest things going to a school like uh, UAB, I guess the first question is, how important is it to you to prove yourself at the Senior Bowl to say, hey, I can compete against guys against Alabama or LSU or the big dogs at the big-time schools? I mean, I mean, I feel like it means a lot. I feel like this will be a big part, you know, of my process, you know, just because I came from UAB, you know. I mean, with the stats that I have, you know, at a school like UAB, it's kind of, I wouldn't say looked down upon, but it's not like, you know, the other guys at the Alabama, like you were saying. So, yeah, just for, for me to get an opportunity to go down there and show that I compete with anybody would be, you know, great for me, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Jordan's going to be, participating in the senior bowl, which is going on uh, next week it starts in, I believe eight days. And so I'm going to, we're going to get into a little bit more of that in a second. First off, I just wanted to congratulate you on your conference championship this year. So um, 
what did that win mean to you guys both as a program and to yourself, especially having lost in the previous year? It meant a lot. Just like you said, we lost in the previous year. And, uh, you know, we still had that taste in our mouth from, you know, that game against FAU. And, I mean, we had a a, a plan, you know, ever since then of what we wanted to do this upcoming year. And, you know, even with COVID and everything, you know, nothing stopped us. So, I mean, that probably was, you know, one of the biggest wins I've ever had, you know, in my life, just as far as, like, what it meant to us and, and how we got there and how we worked to it. One of the yeah, things I, I always find – go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. I was just going to say, yeah, I remember watching that game, and I just remember you guys came out with just a ton of fire, and it just looked like you guys wanted it a little more than them. Go ahead, Trey. Yeah, one of the things I find so interesting is I like to hear what players have to say about other players. I remember a year ago, all the SEC corners just kept saying, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is the best player they played against. Who would you say the best player you played against this year? Um, definitely uh, De'Ara King at uh, Miami because, I mean, it was the De'Ara King show. I mean, everything he did was like Houdini out there. So, I mean, he was probably one of the guys that were, you know, on the more talented side of this of this uh, college football program. Yeah, I like that. Um, so about you talked about having the season still going on with COVID. What um, how much different was this season compared to the rest? And how did that motivate you guys even more? Oh, uh, it was a lot different. I mean, we it was the things that we were doing that we were like, what? I mean, we had to work out with masks at one point. I mean, it was a point in time where we couldn't, you know lift with like the whole defense we were like sectioned off you know pieces and you know as me and like you know another guy on the team Chris Moe like captains of the team we were kind of worried about that you know because it's like you know we can't I ain't gonna say monitor our guys but we can't you know make sure everybody's on the up and up you know because we're all separated so it was some up and downs about it but I mean we we prospered through it and I mean we made the best out of it. Is there a quarterback at the NFL you really want to hit just don't like that guy? You just really want to – you really want to sack this guy? Uh, I want to sack the richest man in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a similar question to that. Um, jumping back to the Senior Bowl, this is something that I've always wanted to know. Um, in regards to the Senior Bowl, you're going to be having interviews with scouts and multiple teams. So something I've always wanted to know is, are the interviews something you prepare for? And if so, how do you go about that preparation? Uh, I mean, you always prepare for, you know, everything when it comes now because, you know, you're a professional, so you got to prepare for anything and everything. So, yeah, you prepare, but, I mean, it's really not much so as preparation. It's just more so not, you know, getting too excited or not, you know, or just understanding what they're asking, you know, just little things like that. Just make sure you know you're under understanding what they're asking you and, uh, you know, just give a valid answer. So you just it's something you can practice, but it's it's nothing that should be too difficult to maintain. You get like nervous when they ask you like messed up questions because I'm sure something like that will come up. No, nah, because I mean at this point it's like I feel like you know they they ask everybody who's going through this process is going to get asked some crazy questions. So you know I just look at it as you know a business like they're doing it for a reason. They're doing it for some reason. So you just gotta you know make the the best out of Whatever you do, you know, you just got to say the right things, make sure you understand what they're saying, and just make sure you clean cut. Right. 
So you've been a great pass rusher in college football throughout the past two seasons. You told 14 and a half sacks in your two years at UAB. Uh, you're six foot seven, so you're incredibly difficult to block. So what would you say your best pass rushing trait is? Speed off the edge. I can I can bend really well off the edge. I'm very fast and comfortable running on the edge. What's the 40 time going to be? Pendant. We're working on it. But <laughs> it's be looking good. I promise you that. It's going to be looking real good. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, I have another question. Let's say – I'm sure you've thought about this for a while, but you get your first NFL paycheck. What do you spend it on? I'm buying a house. I like that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I need. I mean, <laughs> get a nice little car, and I'm straight. Sweet. So what will an NFL team be getting if they draft you? They will be getting a vocal leader, a leader by example, a friendly guy, family guy, team player. You know, all the intangibles that somebody would want on their team, I, I feel like I have a majority of them. You know, I don't feel like there will be any, you know, downsides to picking me. So, yeah. What would you say maybe your goal is for your rookie year? You you hope to accomplish maybe X number of sacks or X number of tackles or blah, blah, blah. Oh, I haven't even honestly thought about that far. But, you know, just to produce, you know, like I feel like, uh, you know, how usually you try to, you know, one up the stuff that you did, you know, last year or whatever, whatever. I'm, you know, it's, I'm starting like football all over again, if you will. Cause like, this is my, my first year as a professional. So, I mean, my, my only goal is to just set a good base for me to build off on, you know, whatever, how high that limit may be or how low it be, just make sure I have a good base at the end of this season to, you know, make it where I'll be successful in the league. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about how you're a captain and you said you're a vocal leader. Is that something you value almost more than play? It's almost more than your play itself is, you know, being captain, being a leader on that defense? Yeah, man, I just love, like, helping dudes out, like, you know, like, just with anything. Like, everybody always come to me, like, want to talk about something. They want to address the situation, like, with the coaches or the coaches wanted to say, hey, Jordan, how could I get to this player? Like, you know, you talk to him, like, what, what's he like? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I kind of feel everybody out, you know what I'm saying? So, like you know how being a leader, you can't really, you can't really, like, some coaches can't coach the same. You can't lead everybody the same way. So, you know, you really have to know your, who you're dealing with, like your players, your coaches, everybody around you, just so you know how they maneuver. So, you know how, like, if you have to say something to them, you know how to approach them. You know, you know how to, how to make it where they can understand what you're saying and they're not, you know, offended or, you know, anything like that. It's just it's under, making sure you understand where everybody what would you say maybe yes. some of the things that you're doing during the offseason leading up to the draft? Because I think one of the things that people miss on is th this process is so tiring for the players that by the time they show up to camp sometimes that they're exhausted and they hit that sort of rook rookie wall. What would you say maybe some of the things you're doing in training to maybe get prepared for some of this stuff? Um, well, here at Athletes First, we work with Proactive, and I feel like they do an amazing job uh, of – you know, working us and preparing us for the next level. So, I mean, I honestly think that'll be taken care of. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a business now. So, like, you know, you always got to push through. You know, you know, you always got to be mentally strong. So, we're going to hope for the best. <laughs> and another thing that scouts always try to do is they always try to make comparisons of players. Um, 
and that's something I try not to do when I'm watching prospects, but which NFL players would you say that you model your game after or maybe are similar to? Uh, well, I like people who are men amongst boys, you know, so like I watch the Aaron Donalds, I watch the J.J. Watts, I watch the T.J. Watts, I watch the Bosa's, you know, as far as like pass rush, I really admire uh, Shaquille Barrett, uh, Dante Fowler, you know, just it's a lot of guys, you know, because it's, it's always, you know, bits and pieces that you can take from everybody. So, you know, I try to watch, you know, as many guys and study as many guys as possible that, you know, look my build and stuff like that. Is there a certain scheme that you're looking to try to get into? Because more so than anything, fit matters so much for these players. Is there a certain type of defense that you're looking for when a team drafts you? No, I think uh, something that I did very well at UAB was, you know, learn how to fit in to a lot of different, you know, defenses. So I think being at UAB with uh, Coach Gentry really helped me, you know, not really like make it where it doesn't really matter to where I'm at. Cause I remember some games, you know, I used to be in four tech. I mean, not four, four I, three tech. Some games I'd be at five. Some games I'd be at Sam Backer. Some games I'd be at Jack. So it's like, you know, they can they can put me wherever. And if they are a good coach, you know, I'm very coachable. I'm gonna learn everything they teach me, and I'm gonna do it the right way. So it really doesn't matter where they put me. I just want to be on the field and be productive. Yeah, versatility. Um, my last question to you would be, you're going to the Senior Bowl. You're going to be a rookie next year in the NFL. What, above all, do you want to show people? You know, coming from UAB, I know you went to junior college for a year. What do you want to show people, you know, about the growth you've made over the, couple, over the past couple of years and just about your talent in general? I mean, I would love to just, you know, show everybody who I am. Because, you know, really college, they don't really know you for more than, you know, what they see on TV. So now I feel like, uh, you know, now that I'm a professional, I don't have all these uh, NCAA boundaries. <laughs> I can, you know, you know, market myself a little better so people can know who the real Jordan Smith is. I like awesome. that answer. Yeah, that, that's a good answer because not a lot of people get to know the college athletes. But when you're, on, when you're in the NFL, you definitely have a greater platform. Trey, you got anything else? Or? Yeah, that's that's about all I had for him. All right, well, thanks again, Jordan, for coming on. You'll be at the Senior Bowl next week. So good luck with that, and good luck for the NFL draft and when you are a rookie in the NFL next year. We'll be rooting for you. Thanks again, Jordan. Appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on your show. All right, so we'll move on to – so I had written an Urban Meyer post. Yeah, I had, I had a bone to pick with you about this one. So yeah. go ahead. All right. So, I, yeah, I had written an Urban Meyer post saying, I don't think he's the best hire for the Jaguars. So what have you got to respond with that? Yeah. My question to you is, who else are you hiring? And the other question I have about your post is, well, I guess I have a lot of questions. Why do you care if he's asking for $12 million? It's not your money. <laughs> It, it would be one thing if it, it counts against the salary cap and you're like, oh, we, we got stuck with Jared Goff at $36 million. That's being overpaid to me. That would piss me off as a fan. This doesn't count against the salary cap. Who cares what my owner's spending for a head coach? If anything, he's underpaid. I, I'll, pay, I'll pay Urban Meyer $50 million a year compared to paying Jared Goff 36 Yeah, but the thing is, is 
these the like the best college coaches when they come in and they go to the NFL, it's such a different game. I mean, they can't like I had said, they can't pick their they can't recruit their guys. They can't get whichever guy they want. They got to settle for you know what the team has. And I mean, yeah, the Jaguars got some young guys, but let's not pretend that they're like the the upcoming team in the league. Even with Trevor Lawrence, I mean, their team like they're not that they're, the young guys are okay. So I think. I mean, I think Meyer's going to struggle with them because they're not the guys that he would have preferred to have. And, I mean, like the offensive line's not that good. And then, then again, I talked about some of the quarterbacks that came out with Meyer as their coach. I mean, none of them have been great. Alex Smith is like a bridge quarterback now, and he's been a bridge quarterback since 2015. Tebow had a good playoff game. Dwayne Haskins is already gone after a year and a half. So that would concern yeah. me with Meyer and Lawrence. I said this in the Slack, and I'll just repeat it for the show, but that's a little bit of a stretch. We can't blame Urban Meyer because, oh, my God, Tim Tebow wasn't a good NFL quarterback. He was great in college. That was his job. Dwayne Haskins was great in college. He was the, he's the all-time Big Ten passing record leader. He, nobody has thrown more touchdowns in a single season than Dwayne Haskins. It's a miracle he got him to do that. That's great. That's his job to do that. Alex Smith should have never been the first pick in the draft. People were – Urban Meyer did such a good job with Alex Smith that he got drafted ahead of Aaron Rodgers, which should have never happened. You could say that uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's great in college. Does that mean Cliff Kingsbury gets all the credit? Because he coached him in college. He wasn't that great in college. Yeah. It just would concern me because Lawrence is supposed to be like the savior of Jacksonville when he comes in. I mean, they're going to expect Lawrence to be there for 15 years. They're going to expect Lawrence to win at least a one Super Bowl there. So Myers quarterbacks just haven't been great in the NFL. And yeah, you can't all be pointed to him. I mean, obviously, you know, Haskins got screwed on a bad situation. I didn't think Haskins was going to do anything good anyway, but I mean, the guys just underperformed in the NFL, so we're hoping Lawrence overperforms I with think, Jacksonville. I think of any coach that gets hired this year, it, this will go down as the perfect fit. I think it's a home run hire. Urban Meyer's a smart guy. I know that he's a smart guy because he didn't just take any job. He waited and waited and waited. He could have went back to college anytime he wanted to. He, he could have taken the, the University of Texas job. They, they met with him. Yeah. He took this job because it's a total rebuild. There's no expectations. Jacksonville has never had a winner. He gets the quarterback that he wants. He's going to walk in that door. He's, he's got a billion draft picks. The same way that Pete Carroll knew all those guys in college the first four or five years, he got Richard Sherman in the fourth round. Nobody knew he was that good. Cam Chancellor in like the fifth round. He, when I knew Pete Carroll knew what he was doing those first couple of years, when he passed on his own safety, Taylor Mays, and took Earl Thomas. He said, this guy's not messing around. He knows these college guys really, really well. Urban Meyer, the first three years he walks into the league, he's going to know these college guys really, really well. He's got, his, he's got his foot in the door more than almost anybody else walking into this job. Jacksonville's never had a winner. This isn't following Bill Belichick here. This isn't walking into the Eagles job saying, hey, uh, we got a quarterback mess. Our roster stinks. We're over the cap. He's got $75 million in cap space in Jacksonville. I love it. I love every 
every single thing about it. The only thing I would say, and this isn't a bad thing, but like now that they hired Meyer, they do have a t- they do have really high expectations now. But why they won? They won one game. But, well, now I mean they're gonna have they're gonna have high expectations. They're gonna be, which this is a good thing. They're gonna get you know more views. Um, they'll probably get more. Um, it's like Sunday night games, Thursday night games, just because of the, you know the Lawrence and Meyer, which that's a good thing. But again, you know that could put pressure on Lawrence as a young quarterback in the NFL. I think he's got I plenty don't. of time. Anytime you take over a team that's that won one game the year before, you got some equity. If he goes six and ten next year, everyone's gonna or should be saying this is a this is a good work in progress. We're making strides here. Matt Rule, I feel like what was it? Uh, how many games did Carolina win this year? I think four. I feel great about Matt Rule today. I feel like they're yeah. on the right track. Now I don't love Bridgewater, but I feel like he's building something there. I think if if the Jags win six games, I think they're going to get you know berated by the media oh, just because of firing. I don't know. That's what I think. Which again, I wouldn't do six and ten after a one win season's a big improvement. But I feel like it's going to be like a short. They're going to what's it like a short temper the media with Meyer and the Jags. That's what I think. I as think long as the, they show strides on the field, I think it'll be fine. This. Uh, Brian Flores kind of walked into a similar situation. He took over a team that was clearly tanking. They won more games than they should. And then year two, they're almost in the playoff hunt, which is yeah. sort of what I think will happen with Urban Meyer. And the, the other thing that about- I also love about this job, this division stinks. He can walk right in That's a good and thing. dominate this division. Indianapolis, yeah. while their roster's maybe above average, they don't have a quarterback that can compete with and win 12, 13 games a year. The Texans are – I don't like Frank complete. Wright either. I don't like, I don't like Indianapolis coach either. I, I like Reich, but they're clearly not Super Bowl contenders. They, need, they, they have a yeah. lot of work to do. Then you got Tennessee, and as long as Tannehill's the quarterback, that's their ceiling. They're a perennial 10-win playoff team, and there'll never really be anything more than that. And the Texans are a complete and utter mess, and Deshaun Watson might be leaving the division. If you're going to walk into any division in the NFL, this is the one you want to be in. What do you think about Myers' um, assistant coaches and defensive coordinator? I saw that he is looking from the guy from Atlanta to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, Atlanta's defense was better than uh, when it was with Dan Quinn. So I think – Raheem Morris is fine. I wouldn't say he's excellent. I did not see who they hired as the offensive coordinator. I don't. I don't think they made that hire, announcement. I don't think they did. Yeah. yeah. Either, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see about that one. But um, I I trust Urban. He's a smart guy. He's won every single place that he's been to. He he uh what did he he beat Alabama with Utah, I believe. Right. Utah was never better. Florida Gators national titles. Uh, Ohio State. They were losing with Luke Fickle. They were winning six, seven games a year. Yeah. The guy wins all, all, everywhere. So I also – I think he's excellent. And I don't know how much you've, you've seen on him. I think he's excellent on the Fox pregame broadcast. I don't, I don't think anybody has better college football analysis that's on TV. I mean, maybe Herb Street's close second, but I think Urban Meyer is awesome on I like TV. I Herb Street too. I haven't seen too much of him though. I mean, I would assume he knows a ton, and he knows a lot. 
what to say a lot better than some of these other analysts who like even uh, who a guy he coached. I remember he went on the herd one week and he flat out admitted, yeah, Dwayne Haskins has talent, but he's not ready to be a franchise quarterback. I couldn't believe yeah. he said that. <laughs> he said that about a guy he coached. I mean, it's true. <laughs> so I, I think it's going to work. Yeah. I, I just, I like some of these other like young offensive minded coaches like Joe Brady. I'm a huge fan of Joe Brady. He, I go to William Mary. He graduated from there. So a little biased, I guess. To me, out of the guys that have been hired, I don't know what I'm getting from Arthur Smith. <laughs> yeah. What am I really getting there? He's, he had a 2,000-yard rusher in the backfield that made life easy for his quarterback. I don't know what I'm yeah. getting there. Uh, Robert Sala, are we sure he's good? San Francisco's defense is awesome. Fred Warner, or yeah, Nick Bosa. They had Armstead and Buckner the year before and Sherman. Sherman I have no, Barrett, Barrett played good this year. I have no idea if Robert Sala knows what he's doing. Not a clue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to go to the mailbag portion just right before we interview linebacker Jordan Smith. So the first question for the mailbag is how many first round wide receivers do you think there'll be in the draft? Uh, I don't have any notes. So I'll just try to think of this off the top of my head. Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase. I'll, pr- I'll probably miss one. Waddle, three. Uh, Rondo Moore, I think, should be, but I don't know if he so, will uh, be. Yeah. Uh, I think he definitely should be. And then I guess Olave would be five. I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Maybe f- four or five. Yeah, and then there's um there's Bateman from Minnesota. I forgot about him. And there's I like Rondo more better Terrence than him, too, though. So do I. And then there's Terrence Marshall from LSU. If I had to guess right now, I would say five of those – six we listed i believe maybe seven um and then we got which position is the deepest in the draft and then the leanest position in the draft uh let me think about this you go ahead yeah i have so no deepest notes. deepest in my opinion would for sure be wide receiver i mean there's guys every year there's guys that you can get late that are gonna be good receivers but this year i mean there's gonna be some in round seven that i think can make an impact on a team. Um, let me pull up some of my notes. I think corner, corner should be pretty deep this year. A lot of oh, good yeah, corners corner. are like I'm trying to think. It's actually, you could say quarterback. I know it's probably the, the SpongeBob SquarePants answer, but how many years do you get Lawrence, Fields, a guy like Zach Wilson as the third quarterback in the draft? I think that might yeah. be the, the actual answer. Uh, Mac Jones will probably go in the first round too. So I think that could be the answer to the question. Yeah. And just go back to receiver. I mean, day three, there's going to be guys, there's two guys from UNC who like day three, Daz Newsome and Deami Brown. They're both really good. Um, Shy Smith from South Carolina be a day three. Jalen Darden from North Texas could be a day three. And then there's a ton of day two. Even we didn't say Kadarius Tony for first round. No, God, no. You don't think? He's getting no. first round buzz. I wouldn't take him the first round either, no. but he'll be top 50 probably. So there's plenty of guys a receiver. Weakest position or leanest, I would say 
defensive tackle. Um, there's not that many guys there. Barmore looks like he just ran away with the top of that position. I might say running back. Not too many. I don't love running the running back running class. It, it feels very thin to me. And even someone who's going to get drafted high like ETN, I wouldn't touch in those early rounds. So honestly, some of the guys I really love, I don't even know if they're going to be in the draft. I, I love James Cook. If he's in the draft, I, w- I would not leave the draft without him. But there's going to be a point where you're sitting there like in the second round being like, we really need a running back. There's nobody left. Do I take Jared Patterson? Because somebody might do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think running backs, very thin. I wouldn't feel confident about almost any of these guys. I think linebacker is another deep one. There's a couple of guys at the top. Parsons, obviously. Nick Bolton from Missouri is a guy I really like. Zaven Collins from Tulsa. He's getting first-run buzz. I haven't really watched too much of him. There's a couple guys from Ohio State. Baron Browning looks real good to me. Um, and then there's some, there's some later-on guys, too, for linebackers that I think can make an impact. So wide receiver and linebacker, for me, would be the deepest. And then defensive tackle. And, yeah, I like running back, too, for the leanest. Thanks for watching, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow all of us on Twitter. And uh, keep checking out Veneta Sports Media on the website. Thanks for watching.